Hey everybody, I'm Phil. And I'm Ollie. And it's, it's deep in bear country, country. time. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie is my co-host and my teenager, and we are the hosts of one of my other podcasts. It's, it's Del, Del Toro, Toro time. time, a podcast about Guillermo Del Toro. But that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. <laughs> uh, I'm here to talk to you about the quality of the show you're about to hear. <laughs> uh, I recorded this episode live on Facebook Live, and when I went to go transfer it to audio or deal deal with the audio, I realized that, or I found out, that something had screwed up, and even though I had hit record, it only recorded six minutes of the episode, but not six minutes consecutively. It's like It recorded like five seconds at a time, and then it would take a long breather. So you, all you got was a bunch of random words, which I guess I could have released as an episode, but it, won't, episode yet. it would have been <laughs> only for my amusement. So uh, I had to rip the, the sound from a downloaded video of the Facebook Live I'm just saying this as a way of saying the sound got over the generations. The sound was pretty degraded. I did it at the highest quality I could. I cleaned up the audio as best I could. But you're not going to hear the this isn't the best sounding episode I've ever released. So uh, uh, please, please, please bear with me. Uh, I did my best, but it's just it's it's not perfect. Um, One other thing. I know this is probably not the best time to advertise for this because this isn't the best sounding episode. And you're probably like, I hate this show now. But... (laughs) Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast has a Patreon page. Uh, I've actually had this Patreon page for a couple of months, but I've been too embarrassed to say anything about it. But um, it, it's over at Patreon.com. Just search Deep in Bear Country, and you'll find it. Um, it's it's. I'm not asking for much, and I'm not expecting anything <laughs> because that's the kind of person I am. There's uh, several tiers, though. There's like a one dollar tier and a five dollar tier, and I it's even like. Tears. Oh none. Well, that's all I'm. That's all I'm experiencing. As a one dollar tier, a five dollar tier, and a ten dollar tier. There's a few little bonuses if you if you give. Um, but basically, what I'm trying to do is as the sh- as the show's going along, I'm trying to recoup costs for books I have to buy because I'm doing the chapter books and those cost money every time I uh, I buy them. They are they are. Uh, I buy them digitally, and they cost you know they, they cost money. Um, I'm also trying to maintain my cast account, which is how I do my long distance interviews, which is most of them, and that costs that's a monthly cost. And I'm also just trying to maintain my equipment and uh, improve on my equipment and the options available to me when I'm podcasting. And of course, that costs money. And so, if you feel like chipping in, just go to Patreon.com and look at the tiers. Search Deep in Bear Country, and I'm right there. You can become a patron. There's the one dollar tier. Which is, uh, which is you know, if I get patrons and people start actually giving me money, I'm going to be maybe doing some bonus episodes. Uh, at the five dollar tier, you'll be able to submit a speculative bear country question that I will address at the end of an episode, and it can be a question about anything regarding bear country, not related to an episode, but just anything that I promise to speculate on and riff on. Uh, however, however I see fit to do that. And at the ten dollar tier, you get uh, a free wrap. You will not get a free wrap. You'll be able to submit a question each month, and you'll be able to recommend an alternate children's book series for me to donate a bonus episode to. And that's something like uh, the Little Critter series, or uh, a Little Critter series. You what? Was a Little Critter series? I thought they were just toys. No, Little Critter was started in the 1970s, oh, okay. and it's a book series very similar to the Barry Sanders. I'm talking Little Critter. I'm talking Caillou. I'm talking any of your uh, 8x8 format books that you uh, consider disposable children's literature. You, If you do the $10 tier, you'll be able to recommend an alternate children's book series for me to devote an entire bonus episode to. So uh, that's those are the, those are kind of like my tiers right now. Um <laughs> 
those are my tears right now. Please become a patron. If you don't, if you don't have the money, if you can't afford it, I totally understand. There is so much content in the world that it is impossible to support it all. But if you can afford to give something every month, uh, become a patron. Go to patreon.com and support me, and I will really appreciate it. That would be awesome. And I'd give you five dollars, but I kind of need it. Yeah, I know. Plus, like, I'm not expecting much i'm i have a low self-esteem anyway uh that's i don't i honestly really don't know if anyone listens to my shows i just kind of pretend that they don't and then i feel better inside this is getting dark and deep <laughs> patreon.com so, deep and bear country this is what happens when you record a podcast with me <laughs> yeah i know uh also other podcasts De- del toro time and uh click it cast that's another one about beverly cleary uh but anyway that's that's my little spiel for patreon.com i'm not a salesperson uh, i appreciate every listener whether you give or not so uh and now on with the show i'm phil and i'm molly no. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today I am trying to broadcast live on Facebook. And if you are watching this on Facebook while I'm talking, then congratulations, you figured out this thing with the buffering issues and the live streaming, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and I'm not really sure what causes one thing to happen and one thing to actually not happen or work or anything. I can't figure out live streaming to save my life. I'm a one-man operation. I'm doing my best. Please, please, please bear with uh, me. So this week, we are firmly entrenched in the big chapter book series. So in this week, we've got an unusual book, one that I was going to try to get a guest for, but then I decided I wanted to talk about it myself. Not a whole lot happens in it, but what does happen is weird, and the relationships that we see in this book are strange and something that I feel need to be expanded upon and talked about, and I'm hoping to share it with a crowd or uh, some listeners because... I need some uh, help figuring this one out. There's some weird issues raised in this book, and I am curious as to what people will think about it. This week's book is 1994's The Berenstain Bears and The Giddy Grandma. If you're listening to this later on and you hear me make little sounds like the little whip crack noise I just made, and you're like, "What what is happening? It's because this is being broadcast visually in a visual medium, and... Uh, I'm just releasing the audio, and I'm not going to edit out every visual thing I do, so I'm sorry. Is that how it works? Uh, the Berenstain Bears and the Giddy Grandma. I'm getting used to the fact that I'm also not in uh, mirror mirroring myself anymore, and that's my paycheck, and I'll just take that out. I was using it as a bookmark, which is what it's best used for. Uh, 1994. This is a strange, strange book. So what we're going to do today, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the book, uh, what happens in it, what it's about, what characters pop up, and then I'm going to discuss a few key issues with it because this book is full of key issues and it kind of drives me nuts to even think about because it, 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 it's, it's heavy in a way that a lot of Berenstain books aren't heavy. It in, introduces some ideas that Berenstain Bear books don't ever deal with and that children's books don't ever deal with. Primarily, what happens when your grandparents are fighting with each other? Uh, something that a 
a lot of a lot of folks don't ask. So quickly, what happens in the Berenstain Bears and the Giddy Grandma? I'll tell you. Bear with me. Uh, in the Berenstain Bears and the Giddy Grandma, uh, what happens is Teacher Jane assigns an oral report to the class. Uh, we also find out that Queenie's in Sister's class, which is weird and inconsistent, and I don't know how to deal with that. But uh, Sister chooses Grizzly Gran, who ends up uh, having an interesting story. She ends up telling Sister that she has a history as a vaudeville performer, specifically as Wanda, the One Bear Band. Now, while this is happening, we also find out that the PTA is looking for older performers to raise money in a Bear Country talent show. The PTA is lacking funds, and they think it'd be cool to have the adults of Bear Country, uh, the teachers, the parents, the grandparents, show off their talents on stage. There's going to be like grand prizes, including a trip to Grizzlyland. Uh, so, Brother gets the idea that having Gran perform her one bear show will just take the house down. Uh, but Gramps finds out about this, and Gramps is violently against the idea of Gran performing her one bear band act at the talent show. Uh, and he actually forbids her from entering. He says, I forbid you to do this, but Gran being Gran and these books being what they are, Gran just ignores Gramps. She thinks, you don't, you don't have any power over me. W what even is this? Um, so Sister learns that Gran, in the vaudeville days, had been dating a vaudeville performer, uh, Roscoe the Red-Nosed Clown, while she was also dating Gramps. And in a fit of jealousy, Gramps challenges Roscoe to a duel. But Roscoe chooses Pies as the weapon in the duel and defeats Gramps because Roscoe's a clown. Who's still angry, 40 years later, Gramps is still angry at being humiliated by Roscoe the Red-Nosed Clown while he was dueling him over the hand of of Grizzly Gran. Now, he did end up with Grizzly Gran. She ended up marrying him. She doesn't give a good reason as to why she ended up marrying Gramps uh, in all the flashbacks who are never really shown Gramps in a good light, but Gramps gets so angered by the idea of Gran's entering the talent show that he moves out of the house and into the shed, which doesn't seem to bother Gran at all. She's not perturbed by it. She's not saddened by it. She's not sad to lose her partner in life. Uh, he, she, he moves out. She's more concerned with getting her act together and taking it on the road. So Gramps decides there's for no reason uh, that we can see to make it up to Gran by crashing her performance at the talent show dressed as Roscoe the Red-Nosed Clown, dressed as a man she was interested in 40 years ago, and having a pie duel with her. The book ends with Sister Bear believing that she will have the best oral history report, and Grizzly Gramps and Gran turning to the reader and saying, we're going to Grizzlyland, which I have to believe was a pun that was written before the concept of the book and that they kind of reverse reverse engineered the book around it. So uh, what we have is the story of grandparents fighting constantly, uh, a grandpa berating his wife in front of their grandchildren, an ages-old romantic uh, rivalry 
that gets brought back up by the granddaughter because she needs to do an oral report for school, and a grandfather who hasn't gotten over the fact that at one point he was humiliated by his girlfriend's boyfriend. Also, vaudeville existed in bear country, and Gran was a one-bear band. Also, the hockey coach in town, we also discover. So Gran is... Let's go back. We're first really introduced to Grizzly Gramps and Grizzly Gran in the Berenstain Bears in the Week at Grandma's. I mean, we've seen them before, but this is the, that was the first book where we started getting to know them as characters. And Grizzly Gramps was sort of a lovable grandpa, and Grizzly Gran baked cookies. Uh, and they're sort of reintroduced this way in this book, but they're, that, that idea of them as the lovable old grandparents is rapidly undermined by the way they behave. Uh, Grizzly Gran is like, oh, you want to talk to me about you, you come here for, uh, for help baking? You come here for help gardening? And Sis is like, no, 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 I, I need to interview you for my class. And Gran's like, oh, oh, well, come on up to Gran's attic, and I'll show you something. And right off the bat, Grizzly Gramps is on the defensive. He realizes that there are things from their past that he's not want his kids to know about, old family secrets that he doesn't want dredged back up. And this is actually a, a, big, a big thing in the family uh, these are, bear in mind, these are uh, Papa's parents. And the Cubs, when they learn that Gran is a former vaudeville performer, uh, the Cubs kind of freak out because they don't want Papa to find out that Gran was a vaudeville performer because they think he's going to get upset uh, because they know that Papa's a little bit of a stick in the mud. But he's fine with it. And you, you, you learn that this is kind of transparent family history. It's interesting, but no one's embarrassed by it. The only person who seems to be embarrassed by it, sorry for my hand, is Grizzly Gramps. And I want to read to you uh, what happens when Gramps finds out that Gran is planning on sharing her talents at the talent show. <clears throat> I'm sorry, dear, said Gran. It was thoughtless of me. I certainly didn't mean to frighten you, because she was making a lot of noise up in the attic with her one bear band. Frighten me, said Gramps. Ha! It'll take more than a giddy old grandma on roller skates who doesn't know how to act her age to frighten me. Just then he saw the talent show notice lying on the card table and picked it up. What's this? Sister had never seen Gramps so angry with Gran, which leads us to believe the sister has seen Gramps angry with Gran. I just want to reiterate that point. She hardly knew what to think or do. Quickly, she said, it's really my fault, Gramps. You see, we have this oral history assignment at school, and but Gramps wasn't listening. He was reading the talent show notice. Then he looked up at Gran with an angry look in his eyes. Don't tell me you're even thinking about entering this talent show, he said. Says here anyone over 21 can enter. You're over 21, all right. Way over. Now listen to me, Mrs. Giddy Grandma. You can forget about entering this show because... Gramps stopped for a breath. He was so angry he could hardly speak. Because what? said Gran. She glared right back. Because I absolutely, totally, and completely forbid it. Get that? Forbid it. Forbid it. Forbid it. So we see a little tension. We see a little bit of a controlling personality. 
we see a little bit of a conflict that seems to go back a little before this day, and we see behavior patterns that are worrisome in front of a child. Uh, let me talk about Grizzly Gramps for a second. When we first are introduced, at one point, Sister Bear walks in looking for Grizzly Gram, and we see Grizzly Gramps building a model ship, but it says that Gramps has a lot of hobbies. He spent many hours dry fly tying, carving monkeys from peach pits, and writing angry letters to the government. And earlier in the story, we see him reading the newspaper and saying, Dang, school board! Always looking for more money! And we're painted a picture of Grizzly Gramps that's less than favorable. Uh, he's irascible, but deeply controlling. Uh, he's complaining about the school board bleeding him dry. He seems like kind of a bad choice for Gran. He's jealous. He's emotionally, emotionally manipulative. He's violent with his like outbursts that he can't control. And he jumps to these conclusions that sort of fit his worldview. We find out from Gran that Gramps was a stage door Johnny. And I think that says a little bit about his character. If you're not familiar with stage door Johnnies, uh, that was a name for the guys who hung out at the stage door waiting for the performers to come out. And they would offer the female performers uh, flowers and candy and wine in order to take them out, show them a good time. Uh, they were just kind of guys uh, who hung around the theater looking for dates, kind of. And Gran went along with them. And Gramps doesn't seem like a prize in that regard. Now, she was also dating Roscoe the Red-Nosed Clown. We don't find out much about Roscoe the Red-Nosed Clown, except that he's very handsome, outside of his makeup, and he's drawn in a certain way. Let me see if I can find a picture of Roscoe. Yeah, here we go. So what happens is Roscoe's dancing with Gran at, the, at, like a, at like a dance, like a local dance, and Gramps comes up behind him and taps him on the shoulder to ask for the dance, and it says that he must have tapped Roscoe a little too hard on the shoulder because Roscoe shoved him. So the only real images we're given of Roscoe is, is this picture right here. That's, that's Roscoe shoving Gramps. Uh, he has a little mean look on his face. But they do say that Gramps may have tapped Roscoe on the shoulder a little bit too hard. Um, and then Gramps challenges Roscoe to a duel. Now, I don't know if you know much about duels. I don't, uh, but I do know that in classical storytelling, the way you challenge someone is you pull off your glove and you slap them across the face. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen in a Berenstain Bears book because they don't wear gloves. So what we're given is, where is it? I can't figure out the way this thing works, is this right here. This is, uh, this is Grizzly Gramps slapping Roscoe across the face uh, while, challenging him, while challenging him to a duel. Again, this is, this is a beloved character from the Berenstain Bears slapping another bear across the face to challenge him to a duel. And now, you could say, well, if Roscoe was any kind of man, he would, I don't, I don't know, like say no, but he can't because of his honor, and I guess, and it says right here, duels were illegal back then, just as they are now, but they still happen from time to time. And then it says that Roscoe 
chooses pies as the weapon. Since he's the challenged, he gets to choose the weapon, and he chooses pies. Now, you could take that to mean that Roscoe was a guy looking to humiliate another man, which is fine because the other man challenged him to a duel. And, and, and he's drawn, if I can just show you the picture of Roscoe they choose to show you before I show you the rest of it, he's drawn like this. And that's that face, you see that face? That's Berenstain Bears for, that's a bad guy. That's a guy who's got ulterior motives. That's a, a jerk, a slime ball, a slime bucket, whatever you want to call him. That's the Berenstain Bears unlikable guy face. But if you take a look at the actual picture, Roscoe chose pies because he didn't want Gramps to get killed. Like, he's saving Gramps' life. I have no doubt that Roscoe the Red-Nosed Clown, a circus-trained performer, I'm sure he has all kinds of history with knives, with maybe guns, with certainly projectiles. Roscoe could have taken Gramps out easily, but instead he chooses to spare him and spare him any kind of injury. I'm going to say that Roscoe's kind of the better man in this. Uh, Gran never says why she chose Gramps. It says, uh, of course, everybody thought it was hilarious. You've never heard such laughter, including mine. But even as Gramps slunk off the dance floor, covered with pie, I knew he was the one I loved. No reason why. No reason why. Uh, he certainly doesn't deserve a woman like Gran. Uh, he's no catch. And uh, he does nothing in the book. Other, I mean, in, in this story, other than, other than throw a tantrum because he didn't get to dance with the woman he wanted to dance with. Uh, and we see Gramps humiliating Gran and then smiling wickedly uh, when she leaves the room, when her back is turned. He gets this look on her face uh, when he thinks he's won their argument. I can't, I'm going to try to find it for you. Here it is. Uh, he calls her out with, I don't know. This is even before she, she reveals that she was a, uh, she was a one bear band. But uh, he basically insinuates that she's not worth interviewing. And, uh, and she says, uh, sometimes you give me the itch. I don't, oh, yeah, he says, uh, watching fools who should know better make fools of themselves give me the itch. And Grand says, oh, everything gives you the itch. Come on, sister. We've got work to do. And that's, that's the face that Gramps makes after he's, like, zinged, zinged, uh, zinged his wife. After he's said a humiliating comment about her in front of, in front of the granddaughter. And that's the face Grand makes. She's not amused by Gramps' witticism. But that's, that's the face of a jerk. And I don't like to think of Gramps as a jerk, but if there's one thing we've seen in these books... If there's one thing we've seen in the big, in the big chapter books, is that the men of Bear Country have a history of of, of aggression against against the women in Bear Country. I'm thinking specifically of Grizzly Gramps. I'm thinking of Coach Grismeyer, and I'm thinking of Farmer Ben. Those are three of the big ones. But Papa has also stood his ground in a certain way, uh, gone off the deep end when it comes to. Uh, yielding to the desires of the female population of bear country, the women and the girls. Anything that challenges 
many of the adult bears views of masculinity is 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 a non-starter for them and they do respond uh with aggression uh frequently at each other but sometimes towards the women let us not forget let us not forget coach grismeyer's humiliating uh treatment of of young bertha when she dared set foot on his man's football field a humiliation that continues anytime Bullhorn Grismeyer enters the picture. Fortunately, he does not in this book. However, we are treated to a few uh, characters, such as Tim Honeypot. I can't show you any pictures of Tim Honeypot because they don't ever show him. He's just there to be the nephew of Mayor Honeypot, uh, who is also the focus of Tim's oral report. Uh, we learned that there are brain surgeons in Bear Country, uh, we learn that Teacher Jane is kind of a jerk when Sister Bear says that she's going to choose her grandma to be the focus of her oral report. And Teacher Jane says, are you sure the grandma's interesting enough, Sister? Is that a good choice? I mean, she gives these kids a day to choose the, the elder. All the kids choose their relatives because they don't have much time to choose anyone else other than their relatives for this oral report. And Teacher Jane gives sister bear a really hard time about choosing uh grizzly grand and she's like you know what i love grizzly grand the rest of bear country loves grizzly grand sister but i don't know if she's a good, good if she's a good subject for your oral report and it just seems like in the in the big chapter books at times the adults jerkiness level is sort of ramped up a little bit to uh to a degree that that that's just there to create drama uh, in case you're in case you're just entering the uh the uh, the thread and you want to see the slap again um this is this is the slap this is the gr the slap heard around the world this is the the slap that that grizzly gramps did to roscoe the red-nosed clown roscoe the red-nosed clown who never returns who i've never heard of again this is grizzly gramps uh leaving his wife in front of his granddaughter uh to which to which his wife responds uh-oh and and seems terribly concerned. I, I'm not surprised that Grizzly Grant isn't that destroyed over Grizzly Gramps moving into the tool shed. Uh, it just seems like a thing that's probably appropriate at this point. Um, but they won't speak to each other. So the grandparents stop speaking. If you, you can see, there's, there's Papa trying to talk some sense into uh, Grizzly Gramps, and there's Mama just talking to Grizzly Grant because she's not the one who needs sense talked into her uh and she does she does say this this fun little line which is nice to hear your grandma say about about your grandfather she says uh his get up and go got up and went and uh grizzly gramps says uh grand's gotta act her age and not go out of her way to make a fool of herself so we're led to believe this is about humiliation uh this is about older people humiliating themselves and humiliating younger people in public. And so that's kind of the, the big theme that I wanted to focus on for this book because it's something that we don't hear much about in children's fiction, in, ch in chapter books, in uh, message stories for kids. The book sets itself up as being, there's more interesting things about older people than you think. That once a person hits a certain age, it doesn't mean they're boring. Everyone's got a history. Everyone's got a past mine that history but it goes deeper than that it goes into the notion and i think this is one of those like little insidious chapter book things the chapter books have are, are kind of creating a pattern of doing which is that 
there's the main, there, there's the seeming main theme, but the real theme that rests right under that theme is older people are allowed to do things in public and just because they want to do things and that you think are embarrassing, that's kind of not your problem, people. It's kind of not, if you're over the age of, say, 65, 70, and you want to go roller skating with a drum and a saxophone and a harmonica for a talent show, and your kids and grandkids think that that might be embarrassing because you're older, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed as an older person to have romantic interests and to have a romantic history and to get in arguments with your relatives and get in arguments with your loved ones. And that's, I'm going to use this hand because you can't see the other hand off camera. That's unusual in children's books. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the the overarching part and i think i, I kind of like the fact that the book dives in that direction that that it's not just about oh, your grandparents are inter they've got they're interesting people it's it's your grandparents might have some secrets and they dated each other or courted each other and it may not have gone as well as you think and there may have been other men in your grandma's life and yeah well as as Jessica says here in the uh, in the thread, she says it's teaching kids that family had a life before them, and and yeah, that's a good that, that's a solid way of putting it because the 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 first time reader books kind of go into that a little bit, but one thing that I've noticed with my kids and that uh, my partner Alana and I have always said about about having kids is that one of the most important things you can teach them is that adults have lives outside of the children and your grandparents have lives and had lives outside of your parents and outside of you and when you leave their house they don't stop existing and just because they smile at everything you say doesn't mean they're always smiling behind your back uh, unless you had you know a terrible relationship with your grandparents in which case you probably already assumed that which Fair enough, like totally fair enough. Uh, but the comms don't have a bad relationship with their grandma, but I will guess they have a questionable relationship, at least in the chapter books, with their grandpa. Now, the Berenstain Bears and the Giddy Grandma, and by the way, it's only called that because Gramps calls her that, which is kind of rude, but the Berenstain Bears and the Giddy Grandma was adapted into a PBS short for the Berenstain Bears PBS series. Sort of. There is an episode called The Berenstain Bears and the Giddy Grandma, and you can find it online. There, every single episode of The Berenstain Bears PBS show and ABC show is now available on YouTube. By the way, I think Treehouse has all the – well, no, uh, the, the official Berenstain Bears YouTube now has all the official ones. They also released the PBS one, so they're all there if you want to see them. The Giddy Grandma is basically the first couple of chapters of this book somewhat expanded into a 10-minute show. It's solely about – sister getting an assignment to do an oral report not about a not about a living bear but just about who she considers a, her bear hero and all of her friends are basically saying you know i'm going to do albert einstein or i'm going to do amelia bearheart which is the who they call out as being like the first female bear to like circumnavigate the globe they don't mention her crashing and dying on a south pacific island 
eaten by crabs? Is that what we think happened to Amelia Earhart? I don't know if that's what happened to Amelia Bearhart, but I'm putting money on it. Uh, and so Grizzly, uh, Grizzly Grant apparently owns a book about interesting bears from history. So Sister actually goes to her house to borrow this book. They go up to Grand's attic. While they're up there looking for the book, they come across Grand's One Bear Band costume. It's not, it's pretty much, well, if you want to see Grizzly Grand in a leotard, and I know you do, this is it. She pretty much dresses like this in the cartoon, but that's only part of it. You also find out that she led a no-nukes uh, protest to protest the building of a uh, nuclear power plant in, in bear country. She also like caught the biggest fish in the history of bear country. Uh, we just find out that Grant is kind of an awesome bear, and this history does a report on her, and that's the whole story. Uh, the, the one bear band thing comes across as just like a 30-second a gag. Uh, it's a very watered-down version of the story, but from talking to Mike Berenstain and knowing that PBS had really strict standards and wouldn't even let Too Tall be a scary bully, they wanted Too Tall to be friendlier because they didn't want bad bear cubs in bear country. Uh, just knowing all of that, uh, it's understandable they also wouldn't want Grizzly Gramps to be a bad husband or a for the grandparents to be in a toxic relationship. That would that would be bad. That would not be very PBS. So uh, they wiped all that. They just made it about Gran and how awesome she is, which is cool. I'm totally cool with Gran just being an awesome bear. I think that's neat. And she is an awesome bear. She's, she's the giddy grandma. And the final picture, like I said, the whole thing, well, if you want to see Grizzly Gramps and Gran making out, that's, that's what they look like doing that. Uh, it, it's a weird that Gramps wins Grand back, or he's a winner back. He just leaves and comes back dressed as her ex-boyfriend. So, okay, I just want to, off the top of my head, okay, let's just play a little game. Think of a person you've dated. Uh, you've been involved with them, and you were also dating someone else that they were jealous of. And then 40 years later, you get in a fight with them, and they come back wearing the clothes of the person you were also dating. That's weird. That's a thing that I've never heard of someone doing uh, as like a way of saying, I'm sorry. Like if I showed up, I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate because that's just weird and gross. Why would I even have the clothes of my partner's ex? I don't know. A man who humiliated me. Has Gramps been holding on to this costume? Look, hold on. Does it say where he got it from? Oh, he says he rented them. Okay, thank God, because uh, that would be weird. Uh, they stop by the bakery, and they get pies. Gramps challenges Grand to a duel. Sploosh, it says, because sploosh. And the last picture, like I said, is it says Grand won first prize for her one bear band act, of course. And can you guess which prize she chose from the list? We're going to Grizzlyland. It's funny, because that used to be a thing that people said about Disneyland. And... Uh, just a, uh, just dropping one more thing. Uh, one of the other prizes is a one hundred dollar Bear Mart gift certificate. So just so you know, there are uh, big box stores in Bear Country. There's Bear Mart. That's 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 the thing. So, all right. There is a 30-second delay on this broadcast. Uh, at least I think there still is. Yes, there must be because I'm looking at some of the comments, and uh, there's definitely a 30-second delay. But 
I'm king of the 30-second delay. So if anyone has any questions or comments about life in this here bear country or the story in this book, if there's anything I didn't cover, let me know. Drop a question in the comments, and I'll see what I can do. Remember, folks, keep them clean. I run a PG podcast here. No swearing words because I won't read them, but I'll give you a sec. Any questions? Uh, James says, hello. Um, Jessica says, love the show. Curtis says, did the show version have the same ending? No, it didn't. I mean, I, uh, like I said, it, it, actually just, it actually ends on a fade out with Sister introducing her oral report. That's it. Like, we don't even get to hear what she says about Gran. She, she goes to the class and she's all, I have a really interesting grandma, the end. And remember, the, the shows were only 10 minutes long. So it worked really well for expanding the short books, but adapting the chapter books was kind of a weird thing. Um, bear in mind that these were all based on ideas. The early books, at least, were based on ideas by Stan Berenstain and written by Leo Berenstain. I think by this point, Leo was writing them, illustrated by Mike. So this was a big family affair. It's just an odd book. It's an odd book with uh, some odd characters and some... Odd explorations of grandparental relationships. Michael says, in the chapter books, you don't talk a lot about Mama and Papa Bear. Do they take a backseat in the storylines, or is that just the way they're coming across in the podcast? That's a great question. So Mama and Papa have been sort of filling this role in the chapter books where they come in usually around the third or fourth chapter to reflect and answer the Cubs' questions about what's going on. Uh, they're either catalysts who allow the Cubs to do things, or they are opposing viewpoints over the main theme. So the Cubs will come in and be like, here's a problem, and Mama and Papa will then argue over it. Usually Papa has the more conservative attitude. Mama has the more level-headed attitude. Uh, in a couple of the books, Papa has taken, like the dress code, Papa takes like a hardline stance against the more like relaxed and liberal attitudes, and Mama takes a more, I don't know, she listens more, I guess. That's kind of the role they play. It's kind of the role they play in the shorter books as well, but they're definitely, there's definitely less emphasis on the parents, and I think that's because these books are trying to appeal to an older child reading audience, uh, they're looking at kind of the goosebumps age of readers. So we're talking like, uh, like ages like 8, 9, 10, maybe preteen levels. So that's what we're dealing with a little, some heavier issues. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we're seeing, we, we see uh, Mama and Papa sort of pushed off to the side a little bit. And the other bears in bear country, and also remember there's a, lot, a much larger cast. So we're getting the, a lot of the characters who were introduced actually in the ABC series. Are being brought into uh, be, are brought into the uh, into the chapter book series. So even even the Cubs at times uh, take take a back seat to to some of the supporting characters. But uh, but that's it. All right. Well, if there are no more questions, uh, I am going to sign off. Thank you everyone for tuning in. As always, I am on Facebook at Deep in Bear Country, Berenstain Bearcast. I am on Twitter at uh, Berenstain Bearcast. Uh, dot wordpress. Dot com. No wait. 
I'm online at BerenstainBearCast at WordPress.com. I'm Twitter at BStainBearCast. I have two other podcasts besides this one. I have It's Del Toro Time, which I do with my teenager, Ollie. Uh, we talk about the movies of Guillermo del Toro. And I have a podcast with the beautiful John McCoy, who's out in Boston, uh, called Click It Cast, a Beverly Cleary podcast, where we have been exploring the works of Beverly Cleary in chronological order. It's a lot of fun. John's a delight. Uh, also, so is Ollie, my teenager. I didn't mean to like say that. I didn't mean to imply that like John was more delightful than my own teen. Like that's that's not what I'm that's not what I'm getting at. But uh, so tune into those. They're findable. They're around. Uh, and for everyone else out there, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for listening. And I will see everybody else next time. Deep in America.